Some people say that conservatives can't enjoy culture. These people think we're all a bunch of troglodytic Philistines who can't tolerate the slightest deviance from outdated norms without harboring violent thoughts about whoever dares to exercise some creativity. Frankly, I hope the people who say these things die, choking on their stinking culture until their eyes burst and come bubbling down their cheeks like acid that burns their faces off right in the middle of the Oscar speech in which they complain about Donald Trump's morality just before telling their third wife they want a divorce while driving to see their mistress when they're supposed to be picking their kid up from rehab. Even the thought of their painful deaths makes me laugh. Not, not laugh, but I make a sort of repeated guttural noise that more or less communicates amusement. Only sissies laugh. But today, just to prove that these hostile cliches about conservatives aren't true, I want to open the show with a review of a great American cultural event, the Super Bowl, which every conservative enjoys. We're used to enjoy back in the day when men were men, and they wore those adorable little leather helmets that made them look cute as a button. This year's contest began with Andra Day singing the Black National Anthem. And let me say right off, this was a tremendous relief to me because I keep hearing black people are unhappy, and until now, I worried America wasn't treating them right. But it turns out black people live in an entirely different nation with its own anthem, so they're not our problem. I mean, we have enough to worry about right here in America and can't always be thinking about how people are treated in black land or whatever their country is called. If they want to be treated like Americans, they should come to live here. It's like those women in Saudi Arabia who have to dress up like the ghost of Christmas yet to come, even when it's not December. Sure, I wish they could dress like our girls in fishnet outfits with their bare asses hanging out. I love those. But they're from Saudi Arabia. It's another country like the one the black folks have. If things are hard there, well, it's just too bad. Anyway, after the black national anthem, we sang our anthem for this country. And then the game began. Lots of enormous guys running up and down the field, some of whom looked like they'd come all the way from the nation where the black people live. So it was nice to see they were allowed to visit here and participate almost like real Americans. Then it was halftime, so I went downstairs to the kitchen to see my wife. I love my wife. She combines a comforting domesticity with a smoldering sensuality that still sets my heart on fire after all these years. So halftime was great. Also, she made dinner, which was a definite plus because I'd worked up a real appetite watching the American football team play the visiting blacks. I arrived back in the television room just in time to see some guy skating around in a sparkly blue muscle costume. And all right. That struck me as a little gay, but then the guy was black, so maybe that's how they do things where he comes from. Every country has its own culture, and I think we have to be open-minded. As long as they don't come here and make trouble, I don't care what they do back home. Probably sit around the campfire and sing their national anthem before, I don't know, whatever, dancing on skates like gay people. I'm not here to judge. Finally, there were the great commercials, masterworks of American creativity with Ben Affleck making $10 million for five minutes work eating a donut with his soon-to-be ex-wife Jennifer Lopez, so he has some money to give her when she leaves him for Tom Brady. Now, if we couldn't appreciate American culture like that, we really would be Philistines, or as they call them nowadays, Palestinians. Maybe we should give them their own country like the blacks. Eh, forget it, bad idea. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. Ha 
All right, we are back laughing our way through hell itself. You know, I heard, I was told, and I hope I've got this right, that now on Daily Wire Plus, you can watch the show with commercials, but without, uh, you know, subscribing, which you should be, should become a member. But if you don't want to, you can just go on Daily Wire Plus and actually watch the show. You can watch it on YouTube. And we'll put up the interviews there, too. Last week, we had an interview with the actors Kevin Sorbo and Rick Schroeder, who were talking about their projects that are kind of outside the Hollywood box. And uh, this week, we will have, we'll be talking with David Mamet, uh, obviously the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright and screenwriter, has written a new book about Hollywood called Everywhere in Oink Oink, which I've been reading, and it is just absolutely great. And I'm a big Mamet fan anyway, so I'll be thrilled to talk to him. If you leave a comment on YouTube and the comment is absolutely despicable, we will read it right here because we are absolutely despicable and we will not be out despicable. So this one comes from Brucefulness. It says, Andrew, you uttering the words wrapped in the shed skin of Joe Biden may become become physically ill driving home from work and I vomited in my Stanley Cup. Thanks for that. That's why we're here, Brucefulness. And I don't, you know, I haven't even found out yet what a Stanley Cup is, but now I, I don't want to anymore. Let's get to today's episode, Info Apocalypse. Yes, today we are going beyond Alex Jones and his Info Wars, and we're going into the Info Apocalypse. But don't worry, I'm not going to take my shirt off and talk about gay frogs, even though there are gay frogs, and I, I look great without my shirt. But let me just tell you one quick story to give you the sort of theme of what I'm going to be talking about. In the early t- 2000s, I wrote a series of detective novels, a trilogy called the Weiss Bishop Trilogy, starting with Dynamite Road. Uh, they're great. You should uh, definitely read them while you're waiting for the next Cameron Winter book. But for research, I went and talked to an actual detective, and she was a private eye. This was her job. And her job was getting people to tell proving that people had told lies on the stand. She worked for the defense all the time. And if you said, I witnessed a murder, she would come up with a resume you wrote when you were 23 and said, did you really have that job? Well, I kind of fudged a little bit. So you lied on your resume, the the, uh, defender would ask. And you would say, okay, so I lied on my resume. So are you lying now as well? And that really works on jurors. It really works. Everybody lies on his resume. And yet, if you lie about small things, people think you lie about big things. My point is this. When you are surrounded by lies, you have no idea how to find the truth. It's hard. It is hard. This Democrat regime, which includes the government, the deep state, our universities, our news media, our entertainment media, lie and lie and lie and lie. But that doesn't mean that we or our side, is telling the truth. That's why it's an information crisis. So let us get started with chapter one. This is your brain on lies. When I'm lying awake at night, all night, every night, I like to be comfortable. That's why I love my Helix mattress. I've been talking about it for years. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Every night when I get into bed, I'm reminded that this night when I lie awake all night, I am going to be really, really comfortable. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep or not sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? Plus, 
Helix has a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You will. Believe me, I've tested this thing out by lying awake for years. Their financing options and flexible payment plans make it so that a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners in honor of President's Day. The bundle includes two free pillows, a set of sheets, and a mattress protector. Go to helixsleep.com slash and use code Helix. Partner 25. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Clavin and use code helixpartner25. And you may ask, how do you spell helixpartner25? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. So this was a great week for Donald Trump, in my opinion, because his enemies are just being exposed as liars and frauds and cheats. And that makes him look great. It doesn't mean he did anything right. It doesn't mean he would do anything right. You know, I think he's he was a a really good president for three of the four years he was in office. I don't know if he can do it again. He seems to have lost a step and also to become so involved in himself. But doesn't matter. This was a great week for him. Let us start with this absolutely hilarious clown show about Fannie Willis. This is obviously the corrupt prosecutor in Georgia's Fulton County. She's in a hearing to determine whether she should be barred from continuing with this prosecution in the prosecution. The prosecution is one of the stupidest indictments against him. If you don't remember, this is the one where she's saying that the fact that Trump felt the election was stolen, constitutes a RICO, a conspiracy, as if that were a mobster. And she's been treating his lawyers as if they were bad guys simply because they represented him. Uh, you know, you know, Jenna Ellis, my friend, had to basically confess and uh, take a plea deal. But, you know, because you, the power of the state is so great. And that's why you want people who are honest and decent so you can trust them because they are wielding a tremendous amount of power. But now she has been found. Well, first of all, let us go back to why she felt she should be elected to become the DA of Fulton County. This is a flashback to that. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. (laughs) So now she's accused of sleeping with her employee, Nathan Wade, and then hiring him and giving him Tax dollars, up up to $700,000, it looks like, in tax dollars, taking him on vacations. <laughs> so, so everything she said she shouldn't do, she is accused of doing. And ale- she allegedly, obviously, did these things. So she's she's on the stand, and Trump's lawyer, I think this is Ashley Mer- uh, Merchant, it, uh, is questioning, this is him, this is Nathan Wade, this is the guy who was uh, doing her. And they're trying to figure out whether he did her before she hired him or whether he did her after she hired him. Because <laughs> one thing is bad, worse than the other if they were if she hired her lover, which is what it looks like to me. Uh, but they're saying, no, 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 we weren't, we weren't lovers until later. Which, but since everything they say makes no sense. So here's the lawyer trying to get it out of him. When exactly were you stooping the, the DA? Have you had a personal relationship at all? And you know what I mean by that. After the summer of 2023. Are you asking me if I had intercourse with the district attorney? I, I was trying not to, but I, I guess the if you're going to characterize it as that, the answer would be... The no. answer would be no. So it's been purely professional since the summer of 2023. So, so that's where we're having issues. Um, 
Okay, I, you'll have to explain because I don't know what the issue would be. No, I, I will explain to Thank you. Thank you. Um, you say personal. Um, we're very good friends, probably closer than ever because of these attacks. But if you're asking me about specific intercourse, the answer is no. How about if I change it from intercourse to romantic? No. <laughs> okay. Very complicated. And they keep saying, you know, we weren't doing this until 2022, which makes a big difference. So then Fanny herself, Fanny, I think they call her, isn't it? It's Fanny, maybe pronounced. She, she come, she, her lawyer has been trying to keep her off the stand because she's an embarrassment. But she comes parading in and she sits in and she's doing this kind of pushback routine. And the, even and she does this just to show what a sacrificing woman she is. She does this even though questioning her is against democracy. This is clip 13. Isn't it true that you met Mr. Wade October 2019 well, at the judges conference? He hasn't gotten to the point where Ms. Willis should be treated I think we. I'm very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be. Not so much that you're hostile, Miss Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Miss Merchant's. Thank you. Merchant's interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. So she's she is democracy. It's kind of like you know Anthony Fauci is the the facts is the science. She embodies democracy. So they made her a hostile witness, which means you can ask her leading questions. <laughs> and all this, and even she even goes after the judge. She's just screaming at everybody and scolding everybody. Here she is talking to Judge uh, Scott McAfee, who's fourteen. Well, it's highly offensive when someone lies on you, and it's highly offensive when they try judge. to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them. And I take exception to it. <laughs> she doesn't do it on the first date, guys. Come on, that's she's not that kind of girl. So, <laughs> so all, this, all this time they're going on these trips. And she, Wade is paying with a credit card and she's paying back in cash, basically saying, so we have no, we have no receipts. And they're, you know, they're going, they're going everywhere. They're going to like Aruba, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. They're actually like a living a beach boy song. And, and <laughs> she is explaining this. This is cut 19. And then he tells me how much it is and I give him the money back. I don't, just like you're asking me about the money with Robin, I don't do my friends like that. So if you tell me it's a G, then you're going to get $1,000. Whatever it is, I didn't ever make him produce receipts to me. Whatever he told me it was, I gave him the money back. <laughs> so this goes on and on, and she's screaming at people, and she's saying you're lying and all this. She won't answer the question. She will not answer the questions of when she was sleeping with this guy. She just takes offense. It's it's a disaster. And this, and this judge seems pretty solid. You know, he does not seem to be favoring her or anything like that. He's keeping order in the court on all sides, but he obviously sees what's going on and he breaks it up every time it becomes a, a brawl. But this is a disaster for this case because if he's fair and if he does the right thing, they'll be disqualified. This is disqualifying. Once she's disqualified, the entire case, and I mean, I read the, I'm not a lawyer, but I did read the indictment word for word. The case is absurd to me. It is just absurd. And I, as I said, when when Jenna you know, took the plea bargain, nobody knows, not one person knows what they would do when confronted with the power of the state to put you in prison for five, 10 years for something, even even if it's only for a month, even if it's only for a year, it's a nightmare. So they're using, they're, they're bullying, they're corrupt, they're doing the wrong thing. Obviously, it's so bad. However, however, this Anybody who's watching this, anybody who's seeing this, it's a disaster. But if you're watching the mainstream media, 
She's a sassy, brave black woman, man. It's like, this is, this is one of the worst, but it's all over. This is uh, David Muir on ABC World News Tonight. We do begin tonight with that stunning moment in court, the high drama playing out in Georgia late today. The prosecutor who brought the case against Donald Trump and his alleged co-conspirators taking the stand herself to defend herself. The dramatic moment when D.A. Fonnie Willis showed up in the courtroom today insisting she wanted to testify, crossing the room there to the witness stand, taking the oath. On the stand, Willis was defiant, fielding questions about alleged misconduct. At one point, though, Willis telling the lawyer questioning her, you're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. But could Fonnie Willis be removed from the case? And what happens to the case against Trump if that happens? <laughs> let you see her. Because, first of all, she's wearing her dress backwards. The zippers are supposed to go in back. But she doesn't even let you see her. There's just going to be David Muir. And she's stunning. She's stunning and brave. She's, she's brave and stunning, stunning and brave. She's more brave than stunning. But sometimes I think she may be more stunning than brave. And I'm not sure she may just be doubly brave and doubly stunning. So at the same time this is going on in New York, the judge set March 25th for Trump's trial on the charges relating to his payment of hush money to Stormy Daniels. I don't know why they call it hush money since she never shut up. But still, he was paid her like over $100,000 in hush money. And the thing is, that means that this trial is going to come up next, like immediately, this is going to come up first, essentially. And this case is so bogus that even the people who hate Trump can't excuse it. This is at worst a campaign violation. Remember, Michael Cohen signed the check and they said it was for business sake, you know, so they're saying they lied about it. At worst, it's a campaign violation that would normally be met with a small fine. But Alvin Bragg, who is George Soros and drag, charged him with a felony. And in order to do that, he had to construct this legal theory, as they call it, where he just stretched this and everybody knows he did it. Even like people, even dishonest outlets like the New York Times are saying, well, it's a, it's an original legal theory. It's a, it's a BS legal theory. So that means, and, and he may get convicted, Trump may get convicted because it's a New York jury. They may just say, oh, there's Donald Trump, you're guilty. We don't know what the charge is, but you're guilty. But somewhere in the appeal process, this thing is going away. So you know, you've heard me go after Trump, but my question my question about Trump is always this. If Trump is so corrupt, how come they can't get anything on him? They cannot get anything on him. And they've been looking since I was a kid. I mean, they have been after Donald Trump since I was a, a lad, you know, and they've never come out. The stuff they get him on is the stuff that any New York, a New York business is tough, you know, it's a tough place to do business. And they get him on these little things, these little details. They find him for giving people a, a ride in a, you know, a limousine and not putting that on the tax forms. Unbelievable. I'm sure every business in New York does this. But they are lying in these things. And so everything they say now becomes suspect. That was my point about the private detective. If she could catch you even in a small lie, everything you said then became suspect. And these are not small lies. This is an attempt to shut down the campaign of the former president for the presidency. That is unprecedented in American history. And these are big lies and they're falling apart. So how do we know what to believe? Beam. I love this stuff. It 
The Beams Dream Powder contains a powerful all-natural blend of ingredients, including magnesium L-theanine, but I don't care either. I just know that it puts me to sleep. It's not just your run-of-the-mill sleep aid. It's a concoction carefully crafted to help you slip into the sweet embrace of rest without the grogginess that often accompanies other sleep remedies. I don't sleep long, but I sleep deeply when I drink this stuff. Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health. You must have a consistent nighttime routine to function at your best. Today, my listeners get a special discount on Beams Dream Powder their best-selling hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. It's now available in delicious flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth. You can have this funny froth machine that I like and enjoy before bedtime. If you find yourself battling the bedtime blues, give it a shot. Your weary self will thank you. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their New Year's sale for 40% off for a limited time when you go to shop Beam dot com slash Claven and use code Claven at checkout. That's shop b e a m dot com slash Claven with my promo code Claven for up to forty percent off your order. I know, I know what you're saying. You're saying I can spell Beam, but Claven. How do you spell Claven? K l a v a n. I'll give you a hint. No e's in Claven. There are no e's in Claven. Chapter two: Star Wars. See, this is not a time for true believers. This is not a time for people who have faith in this guy or that guy, you know? It is, it's a time for groping carefully in the dark to see if we can get to the truth. It, it's one thing to understand that our regime media is lying, the prosecutors are lying, Biden is lying. But if you think, ah, you know, Tucker is going to tell the truth, Trump is everything he says is the truth, or Fox News or anybody, you know, I mean, at least... At least I can tell you that I'm trying to tell the truth, but you have to basically do some work and make sure that you're getting good information because we are, it's raining lies. It is raining lies. So the press and government have utterly failed us and they still, they still don't know. They still haven't awakened to smell the roses of what happened during the pandemic. You know, the 15 days to slow the spread, wear masks, they're going to save you, take the vaccine, or you can't go to work. The thing didn't come from China. This is the most secure election of all time. George Floyd was murdered. Lie, 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 lie. And then they call us conspiracy theorists when we don't believe them. And that gives power to idiots. Because then when somebody comes along and says, Taylor Swift is a hologram being controlled by George Soros' Jew laser, you're like, well, everybody else has lied to me. So, you know, 9-11 was fake. The moon landing was fake. I mean, this that stuff is in, insane. But when everybody is lying to you, why shouldn't people start to believe that it's the exact opposite of what they're saying? So while we're here on Earth in the dark, you know, thinking what the hell is going on, up in the heavens, there is this tremendous fight for the information high ground between billionaires, people way, way out of our sphere who are trying to get the power to control our thoughts. I talked on one of the members' blocks about the battle for Disney. This is coming up in April, where uh, both people on the right and on the left are trying to get places on the board, and Elon Musk is trying to sue them into oblivion, and Bob Iger is still in there. He's kind of the guy who turned Disney woke. And he's still in there trying to keep his power and make sure none of this happens. Meanwhile, George Soros, who is an evildoer, he just is, he's buying a massive stake, uh, $400 million in Audacity, which is the second largest radio network, and they own uh, iHeartRadio. So poison will be pouring out of his things, his, his venues. And meanwhile, the, because the media has failed us so much, 
there are all these layoffs, and not just in the news media, but all around. Paramount Global laid off 800 people so they can probably to sell the company. They're trying to cut costs. And maybe they'll, there are all these billionaires crowding around. One of them is Byron Allen, who's on the left. Another is uh, the billionaire David Ellison, who's a Trump guy. But among these layoffs, 20 people at CBS News, which is a lot for a, a news organization, lost their jobs to go with the layoffs at the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and the New Yorker. This is a bloodbath. This is a, an info ap- apocalypse. And they deserve it. They have failed us. They have been corrupt. There's no reason we should weep for them. But, of course, the people getting caught up in these layoffs include CBS's Catherine Herridge, who is an Excellent, excellent reporter, a fantastic, fair-minded reporter who was reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop and getting hit by CBS for being too hard on the Bidens. This is the company that uh, fired or forced out Cheryl Atkinson for reporting too tough on Obama. So this is just before the beginning of this year, I believe. They asked her what she was looking toward in 2024, and this is what she said. 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, There are a number of uh, concerns that I have that factor into that. Not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine. And we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. So this is a woman who obviously has information. She's she's a very trusted, really good reporter. And now she's gone. She's not on CBS anymore. You cannot. She used to go on X and or Twitter, I think it was still. And she would just show you the documents she was going through and circle the things that we needed to know. It was just amazing. It was so open. It was open field reporting. So now she said that. Remember what she said. And now we're getting news from Congressman Mike Turner, Republican, who's the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He's saying there's a new security problem and that now all these leaks come out to the press that basically Putin has a satellite killer, a nuclear weapon that they want to launch into space that is designed to threaten our satellite networks. Basically, everything we do, everything we do is based on satellites, all our communications. It would be a disaster. It could destroy any kind of uh, civilian communications, surveillance from space, military command and control operations. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's huge if, if true. And the story, to me, I, I believe this story. It makes a certain amount of sense. Our, our satellites are old and they're big, you know, and they're not well protected. And there's been a move to sort of get them smaller and get them more contained, but that hasn't happened yet. But a nuclear satellite killer in the hands of Putin would be deadly, would be a genuine problem. But at the same time this is happening, okay, the Senate passed a $95 billion foreign aid bill with assistance for Israel, but mostly Ukraine. And this is setting up a showdown with the speaker, Mike Johnson, and it includes billions of dollars to support Ukraine and for security assistance for Israel, but it has nothing and also has humanitarian assistance for the people in Gaza and, all, and, and Ukraine. But it has nothing for our border. So once again, we're defending Ukraine's border, but not defending ours. So the bill passed the Senate, despite the fact that Mike Johnson in the House doesn't like it. But it got a vote. It was 70 to 29 with 22 Republicans voting in favor. So that is 
not the majority of Republicans. That is below 50% of the Republicans. So Biden is trying to push it forward. And he said this, which you can almost understand, is cut five. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. And America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone, and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. Remember, the United States pulled together a coalition of nearly 50 nations to support Ukraine. We unified NATO, expanded it. We can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. He's, he just flatly said that. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hand. So if you can't trust Joe Biden, who can you trust? <laughs> <laughs> all right, don't answer that because we haven't got time. But this is the thing that we've all been hearing about. You know, we've been hearing about it from Tucker Carlson. We've been hearing about it from everybody who doesn't want this, our support of this war to continue. It's this talking about Putin. And, you know, it's like if, if, you, if you are talking, it's like in the World War II, if you're gossiping with your girlfriend, Hitler is listening. Remember those old posters? You may have seen pictures of the old posters, Hitler is listening. And, and this is basically what they're doing. They're humanizing the enemy so that we can think of it in terms of Vladimir Putin and not in terms of Ukraine, because this is, this is an important fact. And I'll get back to this in a little bit. We, we, whenever we go to war, whenever we help with a war, the argument is always, oh, the wonderful people of Ukraine have to be defended. I have this memory of during the first Iraq war of George Bush, the first George Bush, saying basically we have to do this because we need to protect our oil reserves. And everybody said, it's a war for oil. And he went, I mean, I mean, we have to protect them because the brave little people of Kuwait have to be defended. Well, no, we, we don't care about Zelensky. They can make him into a hero all they want. We don't care about the Ukrainians. We, we don't care about any of that stuff. We care about us. We care about America. And so that's the question. I'll get back to that question. But still, this is the way you personalize something. You make this guy the villain. And you say, you know, you're supporting Putin if you don't sign my 90 gazillion dollar bill. So this is the argument from Mike Johnson, the speaker. Uh, he says we're not doing anything with this until you do something about the border. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some Love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. So just, you know, talking about your brain on lies, just clear your mind for a minute. You know, the famous line from Samuel Johnson, clear your mind of Kant, meaning rhetoric. And just don't have any opinions for a second. Another great quote from, from Zen is, enlightenment is easy. All you have to do is get rid of your opinions. We know that they've lied to us. The government has lied to us. We know the media has lied to us. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. And, you know, Trump is colluding with the Russians. And Trump has lied, but Biden is telling the truth. And even now they're telling us that Biden is great. He's fine. This whole thing about him being too old is wrong. We don't care how old he is. We care about the fact that he's senile, and he's obviously senile. He can't handle this job. It's ridiculous, and he's not doing the job. I think that we can all see that. They've lied about everything. They're prosecuting the candidate for president of the United States 
for nothing. And the people doing it are corrupt. Alvin Bragg promised he was going to get Trump and he's doing it. Fannie Willis says, oh, we should, we want somebody who doesn't sleep with, you know, their employees and doesn't steal money. And now it looks to me as if she allegedly, obviously is doing that, you know, so these guys just lie and lie and lie. So now a serious question comes before us. Do we send more aid to Ukraine? And obviously, we only have a certain amount of power, but we have the power to call our congressmen. We have the power to vote. We have the power to speak up. So it, it does matter. And, and in a, you know, democracy, in a place where people vote, public sentiment is everything, as Lincoln said. And so we are public sentiment. How the hell do we know what the right thing is? Are there, in fact, is there, in fact, a nuclear satellite killer that is going to blow all our communications out? If so, don't we have to make sure that Putin knows we're serious when we go up against him? How do we know? So this is the, the reason why I, I feel that it is important for us to keep our minds clear. And I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to get back to Tucker Carlson again, because he is sending out information that I also find extraordinarily questionable. Let me put it that way. And so it, it's tough. I know that I'm not being a, a cheerleader here. I know it's not like, you know, yeah, yeah, we're not, we can't trust them, but we can trust these guys. That's the situation we're in. I'm just trying to be really blunt and honest with you. The situation that we're in is, you know, when I started doing this show, I could literally read the New York Times very closely and read the, the Wall Street Journal very closely, and I would have the facts. I would read the left-wing way they put it, and I would read the more right-wing way that's no longer true. The Wall Street Journal has gone down the drain as a news reporter. They still have some good columnists, but the, their news reporting is now, they're, they're like Homer Simpson blending in with the vines. You know, they've become just another woke outlet. The New York Times is completely unreliable. It takes me at least five times as long to make sure what I am telling you is the best information I can get as I scan, scan for it. It's going to take you longer too. So that's why I want to take yet another look at Tucker Carlson, and Vladimir Putin. I have now had a chance to try out my G-Defy sneakers, and I've taken long, I walk for hours. I mean, I take long, long walks, and they are great. It's good footwear. It's about more than fashion. What you wear on your feet matters to your health, comfort, and well-being. Choosing footwear that provides support for your daily routine is important and now incredibly easy thanks to G-Defy shoes. G-Defy shoes are anything but ordinary. While others have clung to shoes featuring a run-of-the-mill memory foam sole, G-Defy offers a patented sole construction, meticulous designed to bring the pep back to your step. It really makes you stand better and move better. They're really good. G-Defy shoes aim to foster healthy body movements, alleviate pain, and prevent further wear and tear. This isn't just about absorbing shock. When I wear my G-Defy shoes, it's like my shoes are giving me a high five with every step boosting me forward. You want to be part of this revolutionary journey. I'm thrilled that I finally am. They really do work, and I walk a lot. But hey, don't just take my word for it. Explore the multitude of reviews and testimonials from individuals individuals who attest to the miraculous impact of G-Defy shoes on their lives, available on the G-Defy website and social platforms. Your feet deserve more than just another pair of shoes. Right now, use code CLAVEN for $30 off orders of $150 or more at gdefy.com. That's G-D-E-F-Y.com with promo code CLAVEN for $30 off your purchase of $150 or more. Experience the miracle that is G-Defy, where comfort meets innovation, if you can spell CLAVEN. K-L-A-V-A-N. Do 
Chapter three, Sucker Carlson. F. Scott Fitzgerald, great writer, once said famously, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function, to hold two opposing ideas in mind and still retain the ability to function. So that's what I'm basically asking you to do in this episode and in certainly in this chapter. The opposing ideas here, it is a good thing that Tucker and Elon Musk are creating a powerful alternative media to counter the media that has failed us through its corruption and its lies. It is a good thing he interviewed Putin. It is a good thing he's getting 200 million hits on his interview. The second idea is he is doing a very bad job. You know, I was, I have to tell you, I, I, I love uh, the backstages because I love seeing the guys. I don't get to see Shapiro enough. He and I used to spend so much time arguing uh, and I, I, don't, I miss that and I love seeing them and, and Jeremy and, uh, and Noel's a little bit, you know. Uh, but I was disturbed when they started talking about the Putin interview and I said, I started to say I disagree, but then the subject changed so I didn't get to actually explain why. I thought they were being really easy on him. I thought they were saying, well, he did a good job, but Putin this, or he did a good job, and we really got to hear what Putin had to say. I think that that's completely untrue. I think that that is completely untrue. You know, there people like normal people whose words are connected to their brains and hearts. That's, that's what most of us are like. You're getting something. Even if I lie to you, you're seeing something about my brain and heart. Now, when I talk to you, you know that You know, people sometimes say, you know, cranks and all that. They say, oh, you were paid to do this or you did this because of that. You're never getting that from me. You're always getting, as as my wife will ruefully tell you, you're always getting what is exactly in my heart to say. But there are people, sociopathic people, who are not like that. And that's why we have a very hard time understanding them. What Putin says, nothing that Putin says is what Putin thinks. Nothing. Everything that he says is to get an effect. We're not learning anything about him when he talks. We are simply learning what he's trying to do to us. That's all we know about it. And I thought that, uh, I said this last time, I thought Tucker was played. And I just don't think he's doing a good job. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm tired, you know, because I have to admit, part of this is he's, he's saying that Ben doesn't love America, which is absolute garbage. I, I don't think I owe him to be gracious. Ben has really been really gracious, but I don't think we owe him that anymore. And I just don't think he's doing a good job. I've said this before. He heard about somebody say, yes, there were UFOs with biological material in them. And, and that, that guy had heard it from someone else. And Tucker said, so now we know, you know, he said the CIA killed Kennedy because he had a source whose name he couldn't reveal. That's not something you say without a source that you can reveal without a source who comes on. So, you know, he's bona fides. That's not good journalism. Uh, he let Andrew Tate, a pimp, come and lie to him about the things that he had done and that didn't call him out for his graphic abuse of women, which is caught on video. Uh, and this idea that, you know, Putin bullying a reporter by filibustering for 40 minutes on Russian history somehow reveals Putin is a thoughtful, intelligent man. It doesn't. It's, it's an act of bullying and it's absolutely BS. And you can tell that Tucker knows he got bullied. First, because he came out before he even showed the thing and said, well, he talked for 30 minutes and I thought he was maybe filibustering, but no, he was sincere. He's never sincere. Nothing he says is sincere. And he, he knows he got snowed because he's doing that rationalization thing that people do when they can't come out and say, yeah, you know, I, Listen, the guy, the guy wouldn't come over and I didn't know, you know, he's good at this and I did, there was nothing I could do, which would be fine, you know, but he was basically mind raped on the air. And here's an interview he gave after the interview. This is cut three. 
Every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people, sorry. That's why I wouldn't want to be a leader. Um, that press restriction is universal in the United States, I know because I've lived it. I've you know, asked my former, you know, I, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, and I've done this for 34 years and I know how it works. And um, there's more censorship in Russia than there is in the United States, but there's a great deal in the United States. And so, you know, at a certain point, it's like people can decide whether they think, you know, what, what countries they think are better, what systems they think Sir, are better. I, I, I just I, want to know what he thinks. That was yes. the whole point. But you don't know. See, this is the thing. He doesn't know what he thinks. And also, everything he just said is crap. Everything he just said is crap. Leaders kill people. Okay, but that's, that's true. But it makes a difference whether they assassinate the people who criticize them or whether they're at war. You know, I mean, it makes a difference how people get killed. You know, there's things that I get it. There are things that leaders have to do. But, you know, this guy, you know, whenever anybody says that Putin is really okay, you know, we're we're demonizing him. I always want to say this. Name a single opponent he has who is alive, who hasn't fallen off a building, who hasn't fallen down a plane, who hasn't been put in prison and disappeared, who hasn't suddenly gotten sick and from radioactive material in his tea. And you could have said up until I think it was today, you could have said Alexei Navalny, who he tried to poison, but couldn't. Now, he's a, this is a guy. He's a, the first serious opposition leader in Russia because he exposed the corruption in Putin's inner circle and he was forming an actually effective political movement. They tried to poison him. They couldn't. They put him in prison yesterday. And I may be getting the days wrong because it happens in Russia, so I'm not sure which day. But yesterday, it seemed to me, he was on trial and there was a video of him. He was smiling. He was laughing. He was healthy. He's happy. Today, he's dead. Today, he's dead. Okay. Now, you can say there's there's all these rumors about Hillary Clinton and some of her opponents have died in terrible ways. All of his opponents have died. All of Putin's opponents have died. And when it comes to censorship, when you say you're, you're being censored, when you have 200 million hits, you know, this is like Dinesh D'Souza saying we're living in a police state. And I think if you're living in a police state, how are you making this movie? You know, this is something we do on the right. And, you know, in some ways it reflects a healthy, boisterous protection of our rights to go overboard whenever our rights are impinged. Because this administration is awful and they've tried everything they can do to demonize and silence the right. There's no question about it. But Tucker's not in prison. He's not going to prison. He's not going to find, you know, radioactive material in his tea. And it's just different. And, and, and listen to something he said. This is earlier. This is not about the Putin thing. He, he was on Russell Brand's show. And this is something he said about the America during World War II. And, and listen closely to the reasoning here. It's cut four. And I said at the outset, yeah. one of the things that offends me about wars, not just in the Middle East, but around the world, certainly in Asia, is that collective punishment is completely accepted as legitimate. No, they're all part of the same bloodline. That's incomprehensible to the Christian mind because bloodline is irrelevant. Neither Jew nor Greek. I mean, the whole point of Christianity is it doesn't matter who your parents were or what your DNA is. You have a direct relationship with God. And if you're on board with that, then you're a Christian. And if you're not, you're not. But it, it, there's, there's no sense. There's no template for collective punishment in Christianity. It's, it's, it's repulsive to Christians. It's repulsive, and in my view, it should be, and it always was in the West, and I do think there are war crimes that the United States committed during the Second World War, the firebombing of Tokyo, famously Dresden, um, that were collective punishment, and and I would also say, by the way, the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that was, that's collective punishment, yes. okay? And I think that rotted the soul of the West. It's not collective punishment, it's war. 
I'm not you can listen. War is evil. I, I, I truly despise. I think war is a terrible waste of human flesh. But the question about a war is not whether it's evil. Yes, it is. Everything that's going to happen and it is going to be bad. But the question is, are you preventing something eviler from happening? You can debate Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Most people feel, and I think rightly, that the Japanese would never have surrendered and we'd have lost maybe 100,000 people. And if it's 100,000 people are going to die, I'd rather be their people because they, were, they bombed Pearl Harbor. They started a war with us. You can argue that, but you can't say it was collective punishment. It was war. So it's ridiculous. So he makes excuses for Putin. Oh, everybody kills people, but not for the United States in a state of war when Putin is actually assassinating his own. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Now, <laughs> I want to talk about one one last thing, and then I want to tell you why I'm saying all this. You know, now Tucker's going around Moscow and saying, look how beautiful it is. And, the, you know, and the, the subway is nice and the city's streets are clean. And he goes shopping. And I'm sure he doesn't do this on his own much at home. But here he is in a, sh- a supermarket. Cut to. Ideology maybe doesn't matter as much as you thought. Corruption. If you take people's standard of living and you tank it through filth and crime and inflation, and they literally can't buy the groceries they want, at that point, maybe it matters less what you say or whether you're a good person or a bad person. You're wrecking people's lives in their country, and that's what our leaders have done to us. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. He's talking about the fact that it costs less to buy food and we're having all this inflation. But he didn't point out the fact that Russians make something like one fifth of the money we make. So relatively, I'm not sure how how inexpensive it was. Let me just tell you just a a little bit of history. This is this is important. Putin's not Hitler. And, you know, uh, obviously, Tucker's not a Nazi. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not. But Hitler could have given a 40-minute interview on the history of Czechoslovakia and why it was right for him to go in and take it. He did do that. He did talk about that. It was all history and all this stuff. And I can just imagine people in this country, right-wingers in this country, sitting around and saying, wow, he's so smart and he really knew his history. And that's what he's thinking. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that really did happen. What a smart man. Our politicians aren't as smart as Hitler. People did say that. But that would be stupid because no matter how well you are making the trains run, it does matter whether you're evil or not. I'm sorry, but it does. I mean, politicians are going to be corrupt. Politicians are going to lie. Politicians may have to kill people. But still, it matters whether you are basically in a good system or a bad system. Now, the very things that that we're talking about, street violence, corruption, wild inflation, are exactly the things that brought Hitler and the Nazis to power, all right? They solved them. Hitler solved them, brought the economy back with a massive secret military buildup that saved the economy by preparing Germany to conquer everybody around him. So, you know, yes, the, the first order of government is to make things work. Our government is failing. They're doing a bad job because of their ideology. But also, again, remember, two contradictory ideas at once. Putin is a murdering expansionist thug, and Tucker, Tucker is essentially fronting for him. Now, again, Putin's not Hitler. Uh, Tucker's not a Nazi. Very important. But in 1941, France had lost the war. England is under fire and doing a bad job. FDR has seized the moment, and he's running for an unprecedented third term of office. And people are afraid that he's going to be king. Even Democrats are afraid that FDR is running for king. 
powerful Jewish people in the media are militating for war because they see that the Nazis are monsters. Their relatives are writing to them, telling them what's happening, and Hitler wants to kill them all. Charles Lindbergh, one of the great American heroes, probably the greatest American aviator, maybe besides John Glenn. It's a close, it's a close one thing. Great hero, forms a committee called America First. And he says, look, the Jews, the British, and the left-wing guy, FDR, want us to get into this war. All true. And Lindbergh and his wife, Anne, had been to Germany, and they came back and said, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of fanaticism. Hitler's a little bit of a fanatic. We don't totally endorse Hitler. And, and Lindbergh was not a Nazi either. But it takes a little bit of fanaticism to get things going again. They, they were in such bad trouble, and there's no reason for us to go over and fight a war that is not our war. And he made this big speech, and he became a big opponent of the war, and he slid into some anti-Semitic stuff as well. And he regretted it, ultimately. He regretted what he said about the Jews, and he opposed. He did oppose Nazism. It's in his diaries. He, you know, I was a pilot, and I loved the stories about Lindbergh. And he went and he flew missions in World War II. He was an amazing, amazing character, even though he was a much older man at that point. Tucker's being foolish, and he's wrong. And I, I have some sympathy with the isolationists right now because we're so weak. I, I feel like maybe we should pull back the way the USSR did after the revolution. They pulled out of World War I, the way France did. They pulled back from the borders they, and they were afraid of Britain and they pulled back and then they recouped and then they expanded. I feel like that would be nice if we could do that, but we can't. See, the thing about isolationists, if you listen to them very carefully, every, every war is a bet on the future. If we don't do this, this will happen. Or if we do do this, this will happen. And no one knows the future, so you're taking a chance, always. And so the people who talk about going to war will always say, if we don't stop Putin, this will happen. But the isolationists never say that. They never take into account what might happen if we don't do it. They just say, oh, we need to stop our, our borders. We need to stop spending money. Putin's not so bad. The, and the Ukraine is corrupt. As I said before, we're not fighting for the Ukraine. We're fighting for our interests. And Putin is bad. And what's even worse about him is that he and China and Iran are linking up together. They have a common interest, which is destroying us. And, I, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And our elites are bad, but our elites won't last forever. And you want to make sure we're still here when they're gone. And I think we're, this is the one thing in the Biden administration I actually agree with, that I think we should give Putin a hard time. He's, he can spend money to keep this going another year, but he can't spend forever. And I think that maybe we should bring him to, him to the table instead of letting people like Tucker coax us to the table. And, you know, I understand that sometimes all the things these people said, like what Lindbergh said, was true of what was happening. And still, you've got to fight the Nazis because if we're the only people left who does he come after next? And this is true of these guys. It's a, we're living on a small planet. We're living at a transitional moment, which means things are going to get bad. There's going to be bad stuff happening. I've been telling you this for over a year. We're entering a dark time. That means that we do have to be on our guard. And even if our elites are bad, and even if they lie to us, and even if they are the schmucks that they certainly are, this is still our country. It's still a better country than just about any that's ever existed. It is still worth defending. 
Has anyone else tried Balance of Nature fruits and veggies? I'm trying them now. They're the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and vegetables into whole food supplements without sacrificing their natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are fruits and veggies. Right now, my listeners will get 35% off their first order and a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's Fiber and Spice Supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and vegetables. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code CLAVEN for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code CLAVEN for 35% off your first preferred order, plus a free bottle of fiber and spice, but you got to know how to spell CLAVEN. You probably don't know. There's no ease in CLAVEN. I just make it look this easy. There are no easy things. Final chapter, don't hakuna, don't matata. So one more big lie, and in novelistic fashion, I want to bring the show back to the beginning back to the Super Bowl, an ad from the He Gets Us people, the people who are selling a a very interesting, let's say, very weird um, version of Jesus at the Super Bowl. And those of us who love Jesus are delighted to see Jesus at the Super Bowl. But this ad was was disturbing. Now, it starts out, it it shows people washing uh, the feet of, of various people. And This is from a scene in the Gospels where Jesus is at the, I believe it's the Last Supper, and he takes off, he takes off his clothes, and he's just wrapped with a towel, basically, and he washes the feet of his disciples. This is the King of Heaven and Earth washing the feet of his disciples. Except here, it's people washing the feet of abortion clinic people and, you know, gay marriage people and all this stuff. And, you know, when I first saw it, I, I was a offended, right? It was kind of all left-wing leaning people and all the people who were protesting things were were bad and all the people who were washing the feet of, of people who were doing things that were kind of doubtful, uh, maybe, were, were good. So Jesus, the lines, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us and, you know, and they, us becomes a part of Jesus. Now, I thought, well, maybe I'm offended because I'm offended by the scene in the, in the Gospels. You know, the scene in the Gospels is pretty offensive. And so we see the Son of God washing the feet of people. And their argument is, well, Judas was one of the disciples and he betrayed him. Peter was one of the disciples and he abandoned him in his hour of need. But that's not really a very good example because what Jesus was saying to his disciples, to the people who were with him, who were following him, was that, He had come for them, and he wanted them to treat each other with the love and service that he was showing them. It was shocking to them, too. They say, you're our Lord and Master. And he said, yes, I am. And if I can do this for you, you can do this for each other. Now, a a preacher in, I believe, I believe it is in in Northern Ireland, um, Jamie Bambrick, the pastor of Hope Church in Craigavon, which I think is in Northern Ireland, he made, he said it took him an hour, he made an alternative ad, his play this ad, And in in this ad, he shows people, former witch, 
who's now singing the choir. Dawkins, former right-hand man, now a Christian. Uh, former jihadist, now a Christian. He shows pictures of each of them in their former state, a former KKK member. It's a very, very moving ad. And the last line is, he saves us. And that's the truth. That is the truth. I'm always saying, it's not, it's not our job. It's not our job to save anybody else. It's our job to help where we can, to do what we can, to love when we can, which should be always. But, but it's, it's Jesus who, who saves us. And, and when he washes the feet of the disciples, he's making a point, and the point is not that we go around washing the feet of, of people who really need something other than that. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't just get us, he saves us. It, it really is, you know, he's talking about a transformative power. And without the transformation, the, the gestures don't mean anything. And I can testify to this. I'm not a prostitute. I'm not a jihadist. I'm not any of those things. But once, once you engage with Christ, he, he changes you deeply. So we're going through this transition. This is a, 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 and I, as I said, I think there's going to be bad things, more war. There's going to be more political troubles here. Uh, and it's going to be dark for a while. It, it just is. And you remember that great speech in Lord of the Rings where Sam says in the great stories, there's so much darkness and the people who are in those stories want to quit. Remember that speech? I, I, I'm not going to play it because it always makes me cry like a girl and I can't stand the blow to my masculine self-image. But, but it's a beautiful speech. And, and I was talking to my daughter, Faith Moore. And I don't talk about her as much as I talk about Spencer, because Spencer is more of a public person, and Faith is a mom. And she's doing, she's doing a great podcast, by the way, called Storytime for Grownups, where she reads Jane Eyre, and she explains the language and the social structure. She goes, she explains what Jane Eyre is about. People are really loving it. I'm watching the reviews. The people are really loving it. So you can check that out, Storytime for Grownups. But she made this brilliant observation. She loves Disney movies, and she was talking about two songs from Disney movies. And one was a song from The Lion King, Remember Simba, is is framed for his father's death and he runs away and he meets his adorable pals, Timon and Pumbaa, and they tell him to live by the code, Hakuna Matata, no worries. Here's just a, a little bit. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries. For the rest of your days It's our problem-free philosophy Hakuna Matata <laughs> The other song was from Frozen, which I haven't seen, where Elsa has been hiding her magic away. And when it comes out, she runs away and decides, well, I'm going to do whatever I want. And this has become the anthem song of the movies, uh, Cut 8. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break the rule. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Then just let it go, let it go. So if you didn't hear it, it's no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go, let it go. And I'm talking to Faith, my daughter, Faith Moore, and people love these songs. And they're catchy. And they're the things that stick with you. After the movies, and little girls go nuts for that let it go. They love that song. But the whole point of the stories is that those ideas are wrong, that, that 
Hakuna Matata is a bad idea. Simba, when he's singing those songs, they're cutting off as they're filing down his claws so he can't be a lion anymore. He has to remember who he is and go back to finding his responsibilities. He can't have no worries. And the same is true in uh, the in Frozen, where she goes back and she finds that, no, you know, I, only love can control my magic. That's the point of the stories. And if you go back to that speech that Sam Gamgee makes to uh, Frodo, just before that, Frodo's about to kill him. He's about to kill him because the ring has taken over his soul. And the point I'm making is this. In the course of a story, a lot of the interest of the story comes from bad things that people do that are seductive. Those songs are seductive, but they're selling you a bad message. You go around singing them, they sound happy, Hakuna Matata, you know, let it go, sounds like brave and bold and all this, but they're wrong and they're seductive. Same thing is true, for instance, of gangster movies. The gangster may get his comeuppance at the end, but we turn on the movie to see the violence, to see the gangstering, and that's seductive. That's part of a story. So in the middle of the story, in the dark part of the story, there's something that appeals to you. You know, there's something that calls to you and wants you to be to grab that as what you take away from the story instead of the moral of the story and the truth of the story. I think that's the moment our story is in. And I should say your story because it's not going to be my story. It's going to be you younger people's story. But I think the darkness is calling out to us. The self-righteousness of the left that demonizes and wants to destroy and silence everyone who disagrees with them is their seduction. But our seduction is the anger that we feel and the, the injustice that we've suffered that makes us feel that the left's bad actions justify us in bad actions and in stupidity and in reactionary uh, beliefs and in pulling away. And, and the worst seduction is despair, is to say, well, it's over. You know, something is over, but something new is going to begin and we're going to have to build that. You're going to have to build it. And you, you can't give up on freedom. You can't follow a strong man instead of, you have to be a strong man. You can't, you know, I get letters from women, they can't find a man and the feminism screwed them over and all this stuff, but you can't give up on your, the God-given responsibilities of womanhood and let it go. You know, no right, no wrong, no rules for me. You know, this is the thing that hope is in fact a responsibility. It's a Christian virtue. You know, I read that Scott Fitzgerald quote, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Let me close with the full quote. The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. One should, for example, be able to see that things are hopeless and yet be determined to make them otherwise. So I just have to add a little addendum here that uh, I said this was a great week for Trump, but now uh, the judge, uh, Arthur Engeron, this guy who just hates Donald Trump, who basically convicted him before he was tried, has ordered him to pay nearly $355 million in this civil fraud trial, another one of these stupid cases where there are no victims, nobody complained, nobody said anything, but they say he overvalued his property or undervalued his property. I can't remember which, but it just, you know, that's that's a, that's bad news for today, but he will obviously appeal. And I think, in fact, over the way they have overstepped and the way they've mistreated him is just so so shameful. And you know, I just want to say one last thing before we get to the clapbacks. If if Donald Trump is so corrupt, how come this is all the garbage they can get on him? They've been after him since I was a child. Like how how come this is the only stuff? This all this garbage stuff. If he's such a bad guy. 
you know, where are the bodies? Where's the theft? Where's the real graft and all this stuff? They can't find it. So I, I don't know. To, to me, they're proving how bad they are, but we'll see. That's obviously not the decision you want to have, but let's let us move forward. I just thought I wanted to bring that in because it's breaking news just happening right now. Most of the products in your bathroom have gone woke at this point. Jeremy's wants to help you wash off the woke with 15% off all of your essentials and Jeremy's Shave Reload. The Shave Reload includes shave cream and post-shave balm, helping provide a clean shaving and soothing post-shaving experience. It's made with natural ingredients like green tea oil, aloe vera, and hyaluronic acid, and Jeremy's leaves out toxic chemicals like parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. I don't even know how to pronounce that. They, but they, even so, they leave it out. They also leave out the leftism. Because how can you wash off toxic values if you're using toxic chemicals? Head on over to jeremysrazors.com to get your Jeremy Shave Reload and other essentials for 15% off today. Clavin Clapbacks. <laughs> That's our attitude here, Akuna Matata. Write to Clavin Clapbacks at dailywire.com. Both Clavin and Clapbacks are spelled with a K. Whether you agree with me or you get it right, we want to hear from you. Uh, I'm sorry, whether you did, I, I blew the line. So now I've, I've condemned myself. I have to live in shame. All right, from Paul, before you tumble down or is it up the stairway to heaven, I have to ask. Having listened to The Great Good Thing as a memoir of my conversion, what hard evidence, i.e. physical, material, actual, do you have that Christianity is true? This is from Paul. Uh, well, my answer to that is this is an historical event. So what evidence do you have that Julius Caesar was assassinated? There, in fact, is more and better eyewitness testimony to the miracles and resurrection of Jesus than there is to the assassination of Julius Caesar. So that those, you know, those are the things we look at. And I'm a, a, a an expert reader. I read the material and say, am I being told the truth or not? And it, one of the things that's interesting, by the way, I know these things never convince anybody, but I'm just telling you since you asked. Uh, one of the things about that's really interesting about the early days of Christianity is these guys were testifying in a hostile environment. The Jews didn't like it, that they were going against their religion. The Romans didn't like it, that they were causing trouble. They were risking death. They could have oftentimes gotten out of death for just saying, yeah, we don't believe in this. So they actually fiercely did believe it because they walked to horrible deaths, uh, just where they could have gotten out of just for saying they, they were lying. But nobody ever accused them of lying. Nobody said they're in Jerusalem, right where it all happened. And nobody ever said to them, but the tomb's not empty. Let's go empty. We'll open the tomb. We'll go look. They they seem to have, or at least thought about, accusing them of having stolen the body, which is evidence that the body wasn't there. So it it really is interesting how many people saw this, and that no nobody seems to have accused them of just lying. That you know that they were possessed, that they were wrong, that all those things they did do, and they stoned them and they killed them, but they never did accuse them of lying. The reason you find it harder to believe than the assassination of Julius Caesar is that assassinations happen and miracles don't. And I agree with you. Miracles don't happen. And the fact that they once did is what makes them important. That's what makes it an event that we all pay attention to and it makes it the heart of history. And in my own life, by the way, there is a kind of a way in which once the, the evidence in, in my logic pointed to Christ, 
and then I believed believing is seeing, then suddenly you realize that so much of your life has been an encounter with this person that you refuse to admit was there because once you admit he's there, you've got a problem on your hands, which is that you have to give your soul away and it's, it's hard to do. Um, oh, this is uh, Brian says, on those very occasions when you're wrong, it's usually on verbatim quotations and obscure science facts. Uh, today you said that Putin poisoned uh, Litvinenko with plutonium, but it was polonium-210. said, I actually know that, and I always, always make the same mistake. Um, Rachel says, I need some relationship advice. I'm 29, still single. I desperately don't want to be. I'm a Christian. I've been praying, but God hasn't answered me. I feel that my wish list is short, but I seldom meet guys who meet the standard. It hurts my heart to hear all the uh, Daily Wire hosts talk about how women should be and how feminism has royally screwed up relationships for the record. It has, I agree, but it seems that there is less focus on the men in my generation failing at being men, being spiritual leaders and providers, sincerely accidental girl boss. And she says she's been working on herself not to be so intimidating. She makes a lot of money uh, and get rid of her resting bitch face. Uh, She says, uh, you know, and I have to tell you, uh, accidental girl boss, Rachel, that that one of the great life hacks is to not worry about things you can't change, but to change the things you can. And... You can't, you write about men in your age group that they are me tooed into basically being, you know, uh, castrati. I mean, they're terrified. They will not act like men. They won't make the first move. They, you know, they're frightened and all that stuff and they're easily intimidated. You can't change that. I can't change that. There's nothing I can do about that. But what you can change is yourself. And I'm, I, I will tell you this, and I, don't, I hope I, this doesn't come across as an insult in any way, but reading your letter, and the letter is much longer than I read, uh, I, I couldn't help but feel that, one, you were angry, and two, that you were trying to appear to be something so that men would like the thing you appeared to be without actually working on interchange. So you're trying to get rid of your resting bitch face, but the question is, why does your face look like a bitch when you're resting? That's, that's the question. Uh, are you angry? Why, you know, at one point you said, well, I had to be the man, but why Why do you feel that way? Are, are you angry? Are you, in, are you intimidating? Are you calling on a guy to basically, you know, beat you down into the wife and mother you want to be? You say you want to be a full-time homemaker. Or are you calling on someone to love you? In which case, are you lovable? And I'm not, again, these are things that we all have to deal with. You know, you do that instead of praying to God, send me a husband, send me a husband, send me. You know, maybe you should be praying, what, what's, how, how do I need to change? How do I need to become that person? It may still be hard. It may still be denied you. I don't know. But, but still, you know, what you should be looking at, and maybe, you know, you, you can talk to people too. There are people who do this for a living and can help you. You know, what is it about me? Why, why are, am I sending out rays that frighten men away? And that's the thing you can work on. So that would be my advice. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code Claven at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. If you haven't done that already, you're screwed. It's the Clavenless part of the of your life, which just will last as if it were forever, feel as if it were forever. The rest of you come over to member block.